This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. Listen! Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. My name is Philip Mewson, and today I'm joined with Per Schneider, Hello. Brian Altano, and Miranda Sanchez. Hello. We did it. Yes. Yeah. All right. We made it through. How's everyone doing? We're g- uh, uh. Jealous. <laughs> jealous? What? Jealous. Why are you jealous? What? Because of this on the oh. desk. If you're not watching the oh. version, check it out. Because uh, Philip brought something very cool back. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is true. I am officially now a certified... Nintendo Labo, what does it say? Cardboard uh, constructionist. Yes, a cardboard constructionist. Yeah. So you can legally build anything out of cardboard. Forever. Yes, so if you need anything built out of cardboard, like a home or a hospital or something like that, just, you know, or piano to or, or fishing. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I need Your to name is from my Pikachu. So. <laughs> Your name is Philip. I thought it was Flip. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, announced to you and, and a lot of people out there, there's mm-hmm. actually an I right after that. All right. Well, thank you, Flip. Yes. <laughs> so you got this in New York, in New York City because you last week flew to New York, which is how you missed the show. We we showed you a bunch of times uh, to basically have some of the world's first hands-on with Labo. Yes, I did, but we we're going to get into that a little bit later. All right, I'm, I'm just very excited about yes, the card. Yes, I know. So. I'm I'm very very excited about it too. But first, before we get into all that stuff, I did want to ask you guys: Have you heard of these rumors sort of circulating the internet about Bandai Namco? Yeah, um, and a dev. Putting stuff on his LinkedIn page? Yes, the Metroid Prime 4 rumor specifically. Allegedly. Allegedly. So if you haven't heard all... Face mask, I know it. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't heard the full rumor, essentially what's happening is a developer from Bandai Namco Singapore uh, posted on his LinkedIn page that he's allegedly working on... A uh, or an ex- a Switch exclusive racing game. It's titled Ridge Racer Six, um, as well as an unannounced IP first person shooter adventure exclusive to Switch. So the first one, uh, Ridge Racer Eight, exclusive to Switch. Now, even though we haven't heard anything about Ridge Racer, this yeah. is a total surprise to everyone. It's been a while since we've seen a fully numbered Ridge Racer. Right? Exactly, yeah. and we've seen Seven them was ages ago. I right. mean, didn't one launched with the 3DS? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We had that. It wasn't and, great. Um, it was also ages ago. Yeah, it was yeah. very. But, but very it's long. but it's yeah. it used to be the top arcade racing franchise, yep. and it kind of has taken a backseat to you know Forza Horizon. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's Ridge Racer. I mean, I played a Ridge ton of Ridge Racer Speed. on like N sixty four. I played mm-hmm. it on like didn't the PSP launch with a Vita? Yeah, with, uh-huh. with a with a Ridge, with a Ridge Racer. Racer. Yes. Yeah. 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 I remember that one was pretty good. N sixty four was the one where you could do these kind of three sixty spins around corners. Yes. Like you could go like spinning around corners that's all we did all very day. practical yeah. move in race yeah race. no very that's how we get around that's and, exactly and what i look for in a race how yeah. pair drives is tesla but, practicality but the um like the whole concept of um finding uh, a project on linkedin that, that used to happen a lot more mm-hmm. back in the old days when when there were job postings companies would post like looking for new uh, for programmers for the next installment in the tomb raider franchise and then somebody would find that and it would go everywhere and publishers and developers have learned over the years to to say, hey, don't ever mention what you actually worked on until the product is out. This person seems to not have heard of that. Um, would of course caution, it could always be fake, right? Oh, yes. You never know whether that person created this profile. Uh, and then, of course, there's the kind of like uh, jumping to conclusions that unannounced IP for first person slash adventure game, which sounds like Metroid, but unannounced IP is not exactly Metroid, right? Right. Mm. But maybe that's that person's uh, interpretation. They feel like Metroid Prime 4 is an IP and at the time was not announced. Who knows? Well, what we do know is that uh, Retro is not making it. 
So yeah. the, the big question mark right now is who is making Metroid Prime 4? A new studio is a what new Nintendo studio. told us. Yeah. Um, we've, we've had a lot of rumors in the past point towards Bandai Namco. Yep. Also, you know, working on Metroid Prime 4. And actually, I've done a little bit of investigating uh, myself, and I've heard a lot of other people on the internet have been as well, just kind of looking further into this LinkedIn post. And I saw that Bandai Namco has been hiring more developers coming from LucasArts, who, right. used to, who worked on the Star Wars 1313. Yeah, they're ex- the, yeah. specifically the canceled, uh, what was basically a bounty hunter, third-person, Uncharted-style, almost, I think for a moment, had Boba Fett starring in it, um, where you went into the rings of sort of levels underneath Coruscant, which just got, like, seedier and seedier and seedier. And it was it had a lot of, like, big set pieces and climbing and um, kind of this, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it looks really awesome. There's, we have videos trailer. of it on, on IGN awesome. and stuff. Me too. It really bums me out that we didn't get it. But, yeah, apparently a bunch of the people who worked on that game that was canceled uh, got moved over to this team or this right. studio. So, so there, yeah, we don't have any sort of concrete evidence saying that, yeah, Bandai Namco is working on Metroid, but there are these like seeds that are sort of being planted and mm-hmm. indicating that they could possibly be doing so. Yeah. Um, and I've also, I also know that they've been in great communication with Nintendo as well, just really, um, you know, talking to them directly about their ideas for this unannounced IP mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, getting approval with Nintendo whether yeah. or not Look, they're going to use it. If Nintendo entrusts Namco Bandai, to create a sequel to one of their top-selling franchises, Smash Brothers, which they yeah. did, they're they're going to trust them with their twentieth-selling franchise mm-hmm. too, right? No, no offense to Metroid, but it, but it isn't it, it isn't cumulatively up there, even with some of the what you would consider to be kind of like the more B tier titles, yep. right? Also, the Samus, franchise we love, but it's not as pos- popular. Samus is a bounty hunter. That's right. Oh, yep. She turns into an the orange ball, I, which I mean, is a character in Star Wars The Force Awakens in I, episode eight. To me, it's... <gasps> name's BB-8. You should watch those films. <laughs> to me, it's like, it's not just it's possible. It's a very, it was a very, very likely thing that Nintendo would go back to yeah, um, this company. They worked with another Japanese studio, obviously with Tecmo on Metroid before as well, so... Well, it's also like, I don't know, when you look at the internal teams that Nintendo has, uh, you would be kind of hard-pressed to be like, well, these guys make perfect sense to do... A Metroid Prime game. Like a Metroid game, we just got a Metroid game. But to see a Metroid Prime game, I mean, that is like, that has a specific style to it. Um, and I think that when Metroid Prime came out, uh, it was sort of um, kind of bucking the expectations that we all had as, you know, contemporary per- first person shooter fans yep. at the time, because we were playing other shooting games where we're like, what is this game? Yeah. And it came out and did so many new things. We've had, you know, how many years since three came out? Of worth of first-person shooters every single year, 10, 20, 30 yeah. of them. So I think the bar is set even higher. So they have to come in with a very specific angle, and they really have to make something cool. Not saying they have to compete with Call of Duty, but, like, I mean, they got to do some cool stuff. And, you know, it, it's got to feel like a really good shooter and feel like a really good Metroid game. And it's got, it has to be – you said it. It has to be competitive with Western first-person games mm-hmm. because, you know, J- there are amazing games coming out of Japan, uh, you know, whether whether visually or storytelling-wise, obviously some, some fantastic games, um, but the first-person Person uh, shooter genre has been rooted more uh, in in U.S. driven or European driven development, and there's some amazing looking games. Games that do some really clever stuff right. um, with this open uh, well, look with at more look, open world formula. Look at something like Titanfall, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that's where I first go to. Is yeah, like being creative and innovative with something new. Like when Titanfall came onto the scene, of course we had all these really modern shooters, but like just how they changed up with the verticality and movement yep. was so unique. Mm-hmm. And they do have a big challenge with Metroid. Yeah, but, and but, I'm, that doesn't necessarily mean they have to make an online multiplayer 
multiplayer Metroid oh, game. Yeah, we saw that not. with two or local multiplayer. It just doesn't really fit. The I expect story driven, just yeah. like Metroid. I mean, adventure is in in the title for a reason, right? Like it is more about figuring out these puzzles and exploring this ever expanding kind of base or world. So um, I I actually think this is really interesting. Um, you know, I'm happy to see a, a new uh, take on that franchise. It's funny because that company is not known for FPSs. It's yeah. not known right. for these types of games. This is the company that brought that brought you, you know, way back when Galaga and like they worked on like Bait and Kados for Nintendo, mm-hmm. like a, a full fledged RPG. So they've done a little bit of everything except for a game that fits that template exactly and be interesting. I mean, Star Fox they've made, right? Right, right. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see uh, what comes out of that if that's all true. Well, speaking of more first-person shooters possibly coming to Switch and Call of Duty, as you'd mentioned earlier, Brian, uh, there are more rumors of potentially Call of Duty Black Ops 4 coming to Switch this uh, fall, yeah, I this believe. Fall. Yeah. Yes. So, and this was this is a rumor that was uh, reported by uh, writer and industry insider Marcus Sellers through Twitter, who apparently he knows people, um, and he's saying that Call of Duty uh, 2018 is Black Ops 4, and it is coming to PS4, Xbox, PC, and Switch. It is set in the modern times and is boots on the ground. The Switch version will support DLC, HD Rumble, and motion controls. The Switch version is also being ported by a company which is. Familiar familiar with Call of Duty games. Now, I know it's a rumor, so it's neither here nor there. Yeah, we don't even know what the next Call of Duty is going to be. Like, it's yeah, Treyarch's right? turn, so right. we'll see what they do. But what was, like, the, what was the last one they made? I forget which, which one Treyarch did. But, of course, they're responsible for the Black Ops games. Yeah, right, right, so. right. It was right. Black Ops, right? Yeah. Was it Black it, Ops? Was it? I think I, Treyarch did work on Black Ops. I'm yeah. Sure. I, admittedly, I, I kind of just dipped out of that franchise. I'm sort of just like... So the, I have a hard time remembering what happened in World War II. Not the actual... I don't know. I remember very well what, what happened, happened in... I have no idea what I happened wasn't breakfast. There, yeah. What I ate this morning. Infinite Warfare for sure, and then World War II. Mm-hmm. But the one that just came right before that is the one I can't remember. World at War? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's ages ago. A hundred years keep, old. Keep going. I'm yeah. going to look but, it up. Uh, anyway. Yeah. You sound yeah. like idiots. Anyway. Well, you look it up. Yeah. I mean, the reason I... Bring this rumor up um, on NBC in, in particular is I'm just curious, and I'm asking you personally, Miranda, yeah. as a Call of Duty yeah. fan, because I think you probably are the biggest one on the show today. Um, what would it take to make a Call of Duty, like a hardcore Call of Duty player, come over and play Call of Duty no. on Switch? <laughs> just is it, no. Is no. it like, no. I mean, we've seen Switch versions of Call of Duty games before, and they're <laughs> kind of embarrassing. Or Nintendo versions of Call of Duty games. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Switch, excuse me. Nintendo. So yeah, like, looking back at, uh, what was it, Modern Warfare 3 footage on the Wii, the Wii versus yeah. Yeah. Like, I, anything one, else? Don't like the song one came to Wii U <laughs> It was well. Black Ops 3. Yeah, it was Black, yeah. Ops, Black Ops, Ops 3. 3. Okay, that's what I thought. I was like, it would yeah. make sense if it were Black Ops 3 for right going into Black Ops 3. I could have sworn it was World at War. Before Infinite. They also ported um, was it the Nintendo DS that got like two Call of Duties? I think so. Because I remember, I remember um, them being reviewed here, and I took a copy home and played through it. And it's so weird. There, there. It's actually fascinating because it's almost like it's like D makes. It's like putting mm-hmm. a Nintendo Labo fishing rod next to a real one. It's yeah. like it. They are like they're ba- those game. Those are single player games based on set pieces, and like it's it was like a bridge blows up with a tank, but when you're playing it on DS, it's like eight polygons. Yeah. It's great. It's kind of wonderful. Really so, yeah, watch watch videos on YouTube. They're pretty pretty wonderful. Con skipping um, Switch at launch, I actually thought was was surprising. I thought for sure Nintendo had worked with um, Activision to get you know a Call of Duty game onto the Switch, even if it was a, a remake or something of the original mm-hmm. um, onto the Switch at launch. And like obviously they skipped uh, Wii U at the end as well, but supported it before then. Right. If you remember all that, I've said mm-hmm. this like every time the It'll Call of Duty back. conversation comes up, but I would 
totally buy a Call of Duty that was single player only, and then the multiplayer was a separate SKU, basically. So that someone like I've heard me, that a lot. yeah, and it's the kind of thing that, like, I think, like you said, the audience is not going to leave Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Right. So, like, for me, having multiple options, there's no way I go first for Switch yep. over my Xbox yep. or PC. Like, there's no way. It's also antithetical to the idea that it is a portable system. Yes. And you're not going to be jumping, like, on a train and getting a, a great online match going on with yeah. your friends. Right. Yeah, and ideally, like, I wouldn't really want to play with a Joy-Con. So, like, my ideal setting for this like if they do come out with this um i would really like it bundled the pro controller mm-hmm. like, i think that makes the most sense if like they have a special call of duty pro controller and they bundle it and say hey awesome. have this because this is the optimal way to play mm-hmm. it i would assume because i don't think playing with joy-con would be fun so except that it has move controls which yeah that i mean that could interesting so, that's the yeah, that's the weird thing um, i mean potentially it's yeah. all over, but. I, would, I would like to see you know pointer controls work i've tried them in like world of goo and stuff like that i mm-hmm. it's a very that's a slow game so i can't really tell how that would work with a first person shooter especially one as like quick as call of duty right but like what kind of stuff from the single player side of call of duty miranda do you think would make it over because i feel like taking a bunch of awesome uh, single player stuff from call of duty and sort of mashing it together in this one package for switch players Mm -hmm. for like 39.99 could be totally cool like zombies maybe yeah the thing is with zombies like you don't really want to play that on your own like that is definitely experience you want with other people and Mm. Even just playing on my own with random people online, it's still a lesser experience. And, you know, of course, teaming up with your friend to solve these really intricate puzzles. Right. Um, So, I mean, I could see it just paired with if you want maybe the story in zombies. I don't think that'll happen. I don't think it would. I think they're going to have everything. Remember that, like, among Call of Duty players, you're probably an outlier, right? Like, you play the campaign, most people buy Call of Duty the the annual iterations to play multiplayer. I mean, that's sure. what I did all high school. Like, and, I just played multiplayer. Yeah, I Nintendo, Nintendo has a lot to prove now with a, that, that the Switch can be an online console, and that's obviously one of their big launches in September. Mm-hmm. I, I can't think of a better game to come out alongside that and say, see, you can do voice chat, you can do all yeah, that. Yeah, I just think yeah. that like, even aside from my personal preferences as a ex Call of Duty, you know, frequent player. Uh, yeah. I, it just you have to sort of play to the strengths of the system, and I, I think that like they're going to start selling yeah. online, so they have to show and prove with that thing, right? But also, it just it doesn't really work with the portable, the, like the portable aspect of that system. Yeah, Spl- I, Splatoon does well though. You know? Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple modes in there like that make it worth your time when you're offline though. You but, know? And, yeah, I don't think. Portability is like the big sell, though. Unless you're like, "Hey, what if we all meet up at so and so's house and play Call of Duty Zombies, together, sitting right. next to each other and stuff?" Like, right. that's an ideal. That's cool. Yeah. I think. yeah, that's really cool. And that might be the direction that they're trying to go right. with it. I mean, I totally agree with you. Like, it doesn't make sense to like be excited about playing Call of Duty on a train by yourself with no yeah. Wi-Fi. Well, look at Doom, right? Like, the, even that was like a separate download just for multiplayer. Like, they sort of yeah. distanced that from the from the from the package that most people were buying. Yeah, like, right. God is such a bigger game for of multiplayer. Course. No, yeah, like, like, yeah. I, I feel like that's got to be core. The thing with Doom, I, yeah. too, is like it didn't need as much precision as Call of Duty requires, mm-hmm. you know, or at least uh, some would argue, I would argue. Um, Call of Duty, I think, if it does end up coming to Switch, it needs to be locked at 60 frames per second to appease like the hardcore right, audience right, right. Um, you know and it could you know like take re- a hit in resolution that would be totally fine yeah. mm-hmm. as long as it is locked at 60 frames per second I don't know would you agree that that's an important thing yeah I mean it's such a twitchy shooter like the time time to kill is so fast like you are responding and dying responding and dying and like hopefully getting a lot of kills along the way and if you mess up that cycle then it messes up something like intricate to Call of Duty right, right. and so that stability is very important, 
But having seen past Call of Duties, like, I'm a little concerned. But like I said, if you're really serious about that, mm-hmm. then you're probably not playing it on Switch, right? right. But I think yeah. still having that is a good feature. Like people do want to play this, and if maybe Switch is their main thing and they want to play Call of Duty, then that's great that they could have it. Yeah, yeah. And you won't be playing crossplay with people on 4K TVs or anything like that. Yeah, it's not like you're playing. You're all on the same playing field essentially, yeah, and so that evens it out. Especially if the Switch version has motion controls, because then we'll destroy them all. <laughs> I, I like I like motion aiming in Splatoon. I think yeah. it works oh, awesome. I don't. I don't like. I that. think motion. I, I, I think it's. I'm one of the few people that doesn't. Like everyone else I've talked to loves it. But I'm so just, much mm-hmm. faster than pushing the stick. I like it. I just yeah. like. I I play a lot of Switch games. Like I don't know. Like laying. I was I was playing Switch like the other night, just like laying in bed, and I was like this. Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah. Work. And like you can't do that. <laughs> no. uh, if you're listening at home, I did a weird pantomime of me <laughs> holding a Switch above my head. Um, but yeah, it doesn't work with <laughs> motion controls. So as long as the motion, if it does have motion controls, as long as they're not forced on us, or mm-hmm. like they, if the game works better with motion controls or something like that, I think it would be okay sorry i'm laughing because i'm imagining him lying in his bed trying to play xbox while the tv is at the other end of the room <laughs> and looking at the ceiling try that <laughs> it's not working yeah, yeah a series of elaborate mirrors exactly no i think um like regardless like you you can't be mad at this rumor this is like, this is cool right yeah, this is totally. this is great and i hope this happens uh, like i keep echoing miranda here that audience is not going to come over but maybe you'll find a new audience on switch and with millions and millions there like this like we keep saying this but this conversation becomes harder and harder to ignore right like mm-hmm. if you're a developer you want in or and if you don't like it feels like you're missing out i mean i saw chance the rapper the other day who like opened up kanye's last album was like hey nintendo of america put fortnite on switch <laughs> And then my friend Nick Chester, who works over at Epic, was like, hey, uh, yeah, hey, what's going on, man? Like, maybe we'll, we'll see what we can do. Like, people are asking. People want the biggest games to come to Switch. Yeah. And that's really cool. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. Like, I adore my Switch. I play it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and having the option to at least have these games on Switch is ideal. Right. That's yeah. what I can only have. Would you want Dota on there? No, that's for PC only. Oh. <laughs> it's too complex. Okay. Nothing can handle oh, it. Oh. It's fine. Right. What about you a... You just need too many keys. Touch screen? That would be actual hell. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a there's some mobas out there that work really well on touchscreen. Vainglory is a yep. you know mobile game that is a moba. So yeah, yeah. Um, there are definitely different games fitted for that, but Dota does not belong. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone's crying over it, but yeah, that's true. Well, speaking of games that we actually know are coming to Switch, or at least pieces of DLC, Fire Emblem Warriors is getting its second DLC pack next week on February 14th. It's going to be available at 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, and you're going to get a bunch of new skills, uh, history maps, support con conversations, new costumes, armor break models, and weapons. So definitely check that out. Are you guys playing Fire Emblem no. Warriors? You still playing I, I stopped, but I, I'll go back to it when, oh, there, cool. when there's new content. Yeah. yeah. I, I, this this game surprised me. I was all like, meh. You know, didn't like Hyrule Warriors that, that much. <laughs> I made that noise <laughs> all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I played this. I'm like, this is good. What the heck? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it's cool. Um, there's also another third DLC pack still on the way, so definitely look forward to that. It's nice to see Nintendo still supporting yep. um, Fire Emblem Warriors with all this content. And also, we recently got announced that Hyrule Warriors for Switch is going to have some Breath of the Wild costumes coming to it Yay. with mm. Amiibo support. So I want to play that. Yeah. Never got a chance to play it because I didn't want to buy it for 3DS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and the 3DS version is not good, so you, yeah, you, made, you made a good move there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You I'm think ready. you'll play it on uh, on Switch? Yeah. Give it a shot. I'm going to give yeah, it another I'll shot. I'll play it again. I think so. I'll check I, it out. I didn't really mess with... There's all this like Link's Awakening stuff in there. It's like my favorite Zelda uh-huh. game, and I, I missed it all, so... 
I yeah, something something made me cranky about that game. Like cranky. for example, the you're a big fan of uh, Bokoblins, Bubble Clients, Bubble right? Clients, yeah. And this game has like the worst version of them. Like I wish yeah. it was more rooted in the 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 art style of the other games that I love so much. That but, game, um, that, those games kind of like give me anxiety. Yeah, it's just like there's <laughs> the it's, worst it, games. Yeah, it's just never just chill. There's always just like 200 Oh, really? It's trying. so chill, though. You just keep it is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, them all down. It is fine. cathartic because they'll never kill you. Yeah. It's like 200 yeah, like, you're just grunts. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, but there's all these like little alerts going on all over yeah. the map. You're like, I got to go take they, care of all this. It took over that area again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very yeah. whack-a-mole. Yeah, there's, no, it is. there's a lot going on, but I find those games strangely relaxing. Mm-hmm. It's because, because you don't care about the people. You're like, let them die. Kind of, actually, yeah. You care. Really? That's how I play Samurai Warriors. I just like mow down. I was like, oh, there's a big group of people over there. That's where I'm going next. It's, I don't care about the objective. You know, you're totally right. Like they're both, it's like, it's this weird mix for me of like, it's like cathartic mm-hmm. and because I'm just like killing, mowing down a bunch of enemies, but also uh, like anxious because I'm just like, what, who, who's going to pop up out of the ground? Like, why do I have to keep running over to this square over here? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, it's, I, there's just a lot, there's a lot going Once on. Once you get a feel for the flow of the missions, then I think you, you get better with that. Yep. It doesn't feel so anxious about everything or hectic. So yeah. true. Yeah. Well, another game that was actually announced for switch this week is harvest moon light of hope special edition. It's also coming to PS4 as well. And it was announced via the developer's Twitter account, Natsumi Inc., um, and they said that it's releasing in May of 2018. Now, I'm not too familiar with Harvest Moon. I haven't played too much of the series myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Miranda, I know you're a huge Stardew Valley fan. Yes. Right. I have you're... a deep, dark secret where I've never ever played a Harvest Moon. You have not? I know. I okay. know. Yeah. All right, kids. So I was I played it. I'm a little surprised at that. Like I know, there. right? So yeah. I just never had it somehow and didn't really know about it until a few years ago and I was like what how did I not know about this game right right like having what? like Nintendo systems growing up I'm just surprised my parents never got it to me well they, I mean they, the the <laughs> genre definitely got a huge boost with you know games like Heyday like any of these kind of like farming games on iOS and Android right mm-hmm. like that's when people uh, suddenly um, uh, took took note of the kind of like build farm and harvest stuff genre and Harvest Moon was a smaller um, smaller franchise but like they were some of them were really deep with RPG elements, mm-hmm. you know, more akin uh, to to Stardew Valley. Right. And what um, in the past these games were created by Marvelous. Marvelous uh, was the you know the Japanese uh, creator behind these titles, and they were called Bokujo Monogatari, which is um, a farm story. And uh, when they came to the U.S., Natsume, who are it's a Japanese company, but they're actually headquartered just south of San Francisco uh, here. Um, they brought these games to the U.S. as Harvest Moon. What happened is those two franchises split. Mm-hmm. So what you get now, actually, as Harvest Moon is a different developer in a different franchise under that name, whereas Bokujo Monogatari you will get as Story of Seasons. Oh, yep. so that's that's why I'm like my my anticipation nice of this one is not. I, I love these games. No, my anticipation of this game is a little tempered. I hope that Natsume gets this right and it's a it's a good game. Did you see the last one? Was not a good game. Yes. Yeah. Also, did not touch that. I was like, oh, maybe I'll try. No. No. So, <laughs> it's so, like one of those you go back to the older Harvest Moons and play those instead. Right. Or right. 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 Just so play certain games are only as strong as the developers behind right. them, right? And and that was a, a different team. So I'm hoping they can bring it with this one. Uh, I don't know if they have the rights to any of the code from the old games. Even uh, mm-hmm. that'd be just even adapting Harvest Moon '64 would right. be like, such a freaking great game. Right. That's what I was hoping for would happen sometime mm-hmm. soon. Maybe someday. Like honestly. I just want to go play those games, but I can't really easily now. No. You really like them, yeah. Yeah, it's, this is a. I think if this is done well, they have 
potential to sell a lot of copies of this game because if you look at stardew valley that topped the charts for a while in the eShop. um there's no animal crossing coming out anytime soon that we know of hopefully that gets announced soon and i think people are looking for just like a kind of like chilled out sort of farm slash town building game yep. there's, and it's it works really well you know in portable form it's yeah. like you pop in plant some trees I, get out i just wonder if that ship has sailed and Stardew kind of supplanted it. Because Maybe. Stardew does a lot of the stuff from the Harvest Moon games. I mean, like, even like in the in the games in the 90s, you could do like light exploration, get married, mm-hmm. uh, you know, have livestock, harvest things, water things. Like all of that was always in the franchise. Stardew does all of that and it does it in some cases a little better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there are some PC games that are coming out in that same vein of Stardew Valley. Yeah. Um, there's a new one that's in early access right now that I actually got to play called My Time at Porsche. Mm-hmm. And it is a more so building i guess that you do farming eventually before i got you just like build stuff and you have oh, cool. these town people you can play rock paper scissors for whatever reason um it does have a lot of that those like more just life themes of just building up this town and working with them and, and there were like protests for nature uh. and it seemed like a little bit more like the next step of stardew in a way right and so like seeing these games pop up more and more just means that harvest moon is like its original form still has a lot more competition and yep. like if this one can't really you know prove itself to be a good iteration on that then i think they'll have some trouble selling mm-hmm. it going forward yeah. unless they bring back the old ones and then it'll right. be revived <laughs> that's yeah that would be tough to make up and and, and connect them again but I, i'm keeping an eye out I'm, i'm curious to see what they come up with yeah me too i i'm very interested in this i like stardew valley a lot so i'm hoping that, that this is finally the harvest moon that gets me that like you know welcomes me into the series. But um, one one last thing before we get into our big topic. Um, starting in early March, we're finally going to be able to redeem gold points um, for to, uh, from digital and physical purchase to earn 5% of the money back, I guess, that we pay, right? Yeah, and specifically what, through My Nintendo. Right, through My Nintendo is, Rewards. This is, uh, they are at the finish line on this because, or the, this is a buzzer beater, because if you bought a Switch last March... <laughs> and you redeemed it, your coins for that Switch are about to expire. Uh-huh. And there's been nothing to buy for your Switch specifically with them. You can only buy like 3DS th- themes and uh, like Wii U downloadable games and stuff like that, discounts on Wii games, like stuff that you're just kind of like, hey, that's nice, but I got a Switch. Yeah, yeah they've had the Switch icon, I think, grayed out for a very long time. Yeah. It's like, when is this going to be implemented? Yeah, and when you, when you go on your Switch, like, there's that little theme button, and you can go there, and it's black or white. You're like, mm-hmm. that's, that's a start. <laughs> yeah, let me get some more. Uh, so this is kind of cool. The weird thing is that um, if you have, you have 100 points, it's basically 100 cents. Is it a dollar? I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Because it was a one-to-one euro to point transaction thing uh, in, in, in the European press release for this. So um, if you have a 1,000 points, you can get 10 bucks and you can get a $10 game. You seem to be really into this cryptocurrency. I'm really, yeah, <laughs> yeah. really into my Nintendo cryptocurrency. Yeah. I think it's yeah. going to blow up. All right. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be the next <laughs> oh, big no. thing. No, yeah. I think All the kids uh, are using it. Yep. 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 To, to buy Black or white buttons? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I, I've uh, I've always been a fan of my Nintendo. It's Same. something I check in on all the time. Um, it's weird because it's like you know Sony has PlayStation rewards and you can't really find them. You have to dig around for them. Every now and then they'll email you and be like, "Hey, uh, here's a twenty percent off or thirty percent off coupon." Xbox less so. They have a couple little like rewardy type I don't things, even but know anymore? Yeah, not really, right? Um, but Nintendo has this system, which is never great, but it's 
something. I feel like Nintendo's is the most present of the other yeah. systems. Like I know they exist. Mm-hmm. I just don't really know how to find out much about them or don't really care enough to because there's never really been an incentive for that. Yes. Right. Yeah. Good good way of putting it. And so like with my Nintendo, like you see that integration, uh, like you see that logo in places. You see it like when you redeem a, a coupon or a, a game or something like that. Points will pop up. Um, it speaks into all of their mobile offerings. So uh, Mario, Fire Emblem, Animal Crossing all, all have these like little tie-ins to my Nintendo where you can go and redeem points and get like 5,000 bells and Animal Crossing and whatever you want to do. But in terms of like tangible physical rewards, this is a program that was really cool for a while way back in the day. Mm. Um, I had got like a Mario statue and a Luigi statue and they had like weird 3DS cases and all this other stuff. And then all that went away. So hopefully this is baby Ooh. steps and yep. they'll go back to doing cool stuff again. But it's start. Nice. Very cool. Um, so yeah, let's get into our, our main topic, I guess, for this segment. I know that a lot of you guys are curious to, to hear what Nintendo Labo is actually like. So I did get a chance to get some hands-on time with the fabled Toy-Con creations. Did they give you a box and you had to open it? You got to smell it? Or was it like on the <laughs> table already? Like how did you, uh, no, you yeah. smell cardboard? So yeah, let me just like, walk you guys through the whole thing. I mean, it was really cool. So the event that I went to was in New York City. Um, and... It was taking place at the... Oh, we're seeing some B-roll for those of you watching the video podcast. Um, So yeah, that's actually me and my son, Keegan, uh, building Labo together. So we're working on the... We got to build the RC car Mm -hmm. and the fishing rod. So we're seeing footage of the RC car on the video right now. Okay, so he decked it out. He made it look awesome. Or was that you? No, that was totally him. Oh, right. Okay. So he put googly eyes on on its butt? (laughs) And so that, that was a relatively simple build, right? You said that only took you a few minutes right so uh when you buy the variety pack you get actually two rc cars which is which is cool because it actually includes a multiplayer mode as well Mm -hmm. so you can race with your friends on a single switch um which is very interesting and it actually works really well as well so the first rc car that we built took us around 10 minutes maybe 12 minutes and then the second one i built it by myself took me like i want to say 30 seconds to a minute. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it's basically one... The RC car is one piece that you pop out, and then you just kind of fold it all together. Mm -hmm. But uh, as you can see on screen right now, if you're watching the video, um, I'm assembling the fishing rod here, and it's way more complex. It's, It's got so many more moving parts in it, and... You can see it's got a string in there as well. There's like rubber bands. It's awesome. But it's really, it's all there for a purpose. Like the rubber bands are there in particular to give that feeling of resistance. You can see I'm pulling up there, or Keegan's actually pulling up. And it's fun. I mean, it really does feel like you're pulling something out of the water uh, when you have your Switch in there. And the game that they have for this is, is essentially a fishing game where you can dip your rod in the water and you lower it. This is so weird. It's very weird, but it's fun. Um, You lower it into the ocean, and then you can lower it deeper and deep and deep as as you want to go, essentially, until it gets all black. And then from the deepest parts of the ocean, you can pull out, like, sharks and lanternfish and lots of weird stuff. It keeps records, so you can go back and try and beat your, you know, old scores and stuff. Um, and you're seeing more footage of the piano going on before you saw the the house, the Toy-Con Creation house. We didn't get a chance to build that stuff. Those 
would take a little bit longer, longer than the time that they actually gave us at the event. So there's the shot. We built the pre-made, <laughs> uh, or we actually just played with pre-made toy cons. Um, but this right here, what we're seeing on screen right now, was my favorite from the variety pack, which the is motorcycle? the motorcycle. Yeah, because <laughs> and I thought it was actually one of the more interesting ones too, because it really showed um, what I felt like was a real game inside of Labo, but it felt like a hacked. Up modded version of Mario Kart 8. Like they took a level or a vertical splice of it and took the Miis from there. And then you basically are just playing around like a modded version of the Excite Bite level from Mario oh, Kart really? 8. Yeah. And it felt like that? Did it totally. feel different? Like with more spring to it or no? It no. felt like Mario Kart? It felt like Mario Kart huh. motion controls. Okay. Yeah, but you're using so, that obviously. So one of the mysteries um, of, of this, all the software is that Nintendo was being coy about who the developer was. Mm. They didn't tell anybody did you see anything during the startup screen or anything no no i think people are like saying i hope it's not retro right like it's the old like remember when microsoft bought rare and then put them to work on on me's essentially on yeah. the xbox <laughs> right people don't want that like even though some of the software may be cool they don't want to hear that one of their favorite developers is toiling away at can, adapting mario kart can i tell you a little secret about yeah. switch preview events there's been like two or three times where i've accidentally hit the home button yeah. during a switch preview event <laughs> and like Accidentally. Yeah, and like four people are like, whoa, no, 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 uh, nothing to see, you gotta go. And I'm like, oh, what's uh, what's I, going on here? I, I got, I got to think it's NST, like yeah. Nintendo Software Technology in in, in Seattle and in Redmond. Like we haven't seen much from them. I got to think they're making these kind of smaller experiences, mm-hmm. and maybe that's what they focused on. But who knows? Could be from Japan too. Um, and I did it have, didn't look that bad though. Like I saw some of the side scrolling stuff. Like graphically, it does not look like they farted this out. No, <laughs> not at all. I mean, even the smaller games, like the Toy Con house thing, is a lot of fun. Yeah. So I was wondering mm-hmm. about like, what do you do? Like what with is the that? house? Yeah, yeah. It's just like okay. a house. Yeah, so what it's actually it? it's really interesting. It looks simple. It's like a house, but essentially what it is is it's a giant nano pet or like a giant. Gigapet or whatever they were called back from like the late nineties. I don't know what that is. A tamagotchi. Yeah. yeah, like a tamagotchi. Exactly. Yeah, I know what that is. It's a giant tamagotchi. Oh my so gosh, it's perfect. It's this house, and um, you put your Switch tablet in the front, and then obviously that creates the illusion that there's like this gerbil-like thing oh. living in there. And so on the sides of the the Toy-Con box and on the bottom and on the top are little slots that you can put interchangeable parts. You can see it on screen right now. And so those different parts, uh, with whatever combination you put on each side, activates a different game. And so right there, I got a chance to play, or Keegan was playing, the minecart um, game, which felt a lot like something from Donkey Kong, uh-huh. which is really cool. So he, you bop the sides. Maybe it is know. retro. So cool. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, it would be cool to see bigger developers getting a chance to make something for this. Like, I think it's a really interesting. Yeah. There's a lot project. of potential here. Like, yeah, it's like, what if some studio just wants to like try it? Like, why not? Right? Yeah. Exactly. See, see, like, let them loose, see what they can do, and see what they can make. And mm-hmm. that's just an awesome. It's kind of funny. Do you, you guys remember the movie Big? Yeah. There's this whole sequence where Tom Hanks, who is a kid in a grown-up's body, is being asked his uh, opinion on toys, and he's super upset that they're making him play with a building. Mm-hmm. There's a toy that, that like transforms into a building. He's like, who would want to play with a building? They're doing it. They're doing it. <laughs> they're making you play with a little house. But Perry, what else did he do in that movie? He played a piano. Uh, we don't want to talk about that. He did play a piano. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it took place in New York City, where Philip went last week to play with Labo. <gasps> so it's all coming together. Wow. Oh, my God. Labo is an... It, it's, Tom Hanks made it's, these games. It's a big Tom reboot. Hanks made these games. Tom Hanks is the, the developer behind every Labo game. 
which is insane. Yeah. Uh, Huge conspiracy yes. broken here on NBC. <laughs> you, solved it. you heard it here but, first. But you had fun. Did any of the older kids beat you up when you were wearing that backpack? Or um, No, but I did almost uh, accidentally <laughs> punch one of the attendants in the face Ooh. when I was playing the robot. <laughs> no. Game. Yeah, it was. It went right next to their jaw. Was, oh, man. Boom. That's yeah. very you have to write a letter of apology to Nintendo. Did yes. that feel... <laughs> did, that, did that, like, robot backpack, punching glove, visor thing, did that feel sturdy? Like, did it feel like something you could tear through after a couple uses? Um, you know, actually, if you treat it with enough respect, it'll. It seems like it'll hold together. But you know, the the whole concept of Nintendo wanting to customize these things and put a bunch of tape all over it, like mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Put a bunch right. of tape all over it. You know, mm-hmm. like, otherwise it there could it could potentially fall apart. Look at that! Yeah. I'm super happy. Yeah. Um, because it, it does it does look yeah, like first day of school. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. I look love at me it. ready to go with my new backpack. Speaking of hamsters, I think you can keep one in that backpack because there's breathing holes. You could. <laughs> looks, it looks like you could I carry escape. Yeah. Too big. But uh, no, I bring will a say cat on an airplane. If, if you do have like doubts about how the robot kit in particular works, I can tell you right here, right now, it does work. It okay. feels really good. Um, you, I, I was moving my character, you know, with my my own body movements, um, lifting my legs up to walk around, and the character on screen was moving in accordance to how I was as well. So, nice. and it felt it felt right, right, think, and yeah. And what I had told Brian before is that this was really like. Almost like the first time I had a similar feeling doing this as the first time I played VR. Um, it gave me this sense of presence inside of the video game, which was really cool. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited that we're going to have something like that on Switch and that it actually works. So, yeah, I mean, we'll find out more together on April 20th. So, yes. yeah. one last question. Absolutely. Is the cardboard sturdy? Like, how does it feel? Um, it feels like cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah I, could, I could imagine that. No, it's like thin cardboard. It, Video game journalism. <laughs> it's definitely sturdy. Like, you you do a bunch of folding and creasing of the cardboard, mm-hmm. and I will say that for an eight-year-old's fingers, it gets pretty exhausting, even, oh, for, yeah? even from my okay, own. Okay, that's good yeah. to hear, though. Oh, like, wow. Your own eight-year-old fingers. That was my good own to hear? No, fingers. yeah, because, like, I want it to be sturdy enough, because I have cats, and they're going to definitely pounce on this stuff. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. I can hide it as much as I want, but I they're still going like, to play with it. I thought you were yeah. like, that's good to hear. I love exhausting. <laughs> no, but I mean, obviously you can repair it yourself and yeah. stuff, but you want it to work for a long time, mm-hmm. ideally. And, yeah. so. and obviously the other big question that we can't answer yet is that Nintendo will have some sort of solution available for for getting basically second kits in case you burn through your first or tear them apart. We don't exactly know what that looks like. There will be a replacement kit right. option in case... You know, you completely destroy it, which yeah, happens, right. especially once like you break out the scissors and tape. And Mr. Ink. Scissors is the enemy of yeah. the lab. Yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah, don't let Mr. Scissors friend. in. Make something creative. By the yeah. way, I was super Speaking. distracted by your phone case. What the hell Sorry. is that? It's a substitute plush from it's, Pokemon. Oh, oh. substitute your Pokemon. So it does it have? It has a belly, like yeah, a little. It's like all protrude. protrude. That's pretty amazing. There you go. That's beautiful. I just um, have a regular. We I didn't feel boring now. talk about Toycon Garage. Yes, oh. yes. Oh, yeah. We do have to mention okay. Toy-Con Garage. Speaking of scissors. Yeah, that is arguably the most exciting piece of this whole thing. Um, so Toy-Con Garage is Nintendo's um, sort of plan on how they're going to make Labo last long term and how we can make Labo really our own customizations. Because with Toy-Con Garage, we can actually create our own Toy-Cons. So the, the what they showed us is how um, they were able to take like the piano sounds or like what the same concept of the piano was and put all of those musical sounds into 
another instrument, and they brought out a cardboard guitar, which is obviously something that we had never seen before. But a custom built, presumably, Just totally right? custom built. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very not not as nice looking as the piano. It wasn't like all three Dified. It was literally like cut out of cardboard <laughs> with a switch, just like slapped on there. Um, and did it have strings? No, it didn't have strings. The guy was strumming the the screen of the of the. Oh, switch. yeah, and so. The way that that whole thing works is uh, people will actually be able to program their own Labo creations using nodes. Um, that's the programming software that Labo is going to use or Toycon Garage is going to use, which is a simple form of programming. And they're saying that children will be able to do this. Or That is so awesome. Yeah. So yeah. I could see that getting really big, like with schools. Um, you yeah, know, code clubs, the like form. they're yeah. coding clubs at schools often where you can yeah. learn how to code simple things and like... This seems to be kind of an extension of what they wanted to do with Wario, right? Like right. they wanted to give you tools to create your own stuff. Right. Which, like this is one step more because you build physical objects too. Which they made a Wario game where WarioWare do it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Where they had a bunch of de- a bunch of developers made mini games, yeah. like people from all around the industry. And yeah. like if we yeah, if we see something like that again, that'd be really cool. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I'm yeah. S- I'm actually surprised they didn't put slap Wario on this franchise. One you know? one thing He's scary. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. One thing, yeah. one thing too that they did um was they rewired it so that the motorcycle handlebars were actually controlling the RC car. Mm-hmm. So you could actually like use that you know, in cool. conjunction with the RC car. So different ideas like that. There you go. If you don't know what the motorcycle looks like, uh, <laughs> you can see it right now on screen in there that famous is. picture of me. I don't look as happy in that picture, though. No, but very, very concentrated. concentrated yeah. We all love the, the microphone <laughs> resting yes. at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm not leaving my mic behind. Alrighty. <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much, Miranda and Brian, for joining us. Sure. Uh, we're going to take me. a quick, quick break, and then we'll be right back with Zach and I believe Jonathan Dornbush. Sweet. See you in a minute. Listen. This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. It's gotten increasingly difficult to try games before you buy them, but Gamefly lets you take your pick from a library of over 9,000 titles, including the biggest new releases like Super Mario Odyssey, NBA 2K18, Fire Emblem Warriors, and many, many more. Gamefly will ship these games to you, and you can keep them as long as you want. There are no late fees or due dates, and shipping is always free. This breaks down to as little as 54 cents a day. So ask yourself, how many moons can you find in Super Mario Odyssey for 54 cents a day? Oh, and you don't even have to leave the house. The games come right to you. And hey, they rent movies too. Normally, a Gamefly trial lets you only check out one game at a time, but if you head to Gamefly.com slash voice chat, you can sign up for a free premium 30-day trial that lets you check out two games or movies at a time. Try it out today at Gamefly.com slash voice chat. Welcome back to the second half of Nintendo Voice Chat and replacing um, Miranda and Brian is Jonathan Dornbush and Zachary Ryan. Sorry, I was distracted by all the (laughs) magic happening on the side of my face here. Uh Oh, man. All right. Well, how are you guys doing, Ben? Over there. That's a video exclusive. exclusive. You'll have to see what he's talking about on the video (laughs) episode. (laughs) Uh, yeah, great to have you back here. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, thank you. Totally yeah. threw him yeah. off oh, his yeah. guts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah. yeah, it was like a James Bond opening. Um, but yeah, yeah, you guys have joined us to talk a little bit about um, some games, some new releases coming out this week. But then also, I played um, a bunch of games at a 
private Nintendo event last Sweet. week. Which Brag really about cool. it, man. Fancy pen. <laughs> yeah, some of those games, um, you guys, or we all do have in office now, like Owl Boy, mm-hmm. uh, which is the first game that I actually wanted to touch on um, and see who, who here has actually played Owl Boy. I'm playing Owl Boy right now. Have you guys not I've, played it? I haven't gotten yet, started no. yet, but I really oh, okay. want to. Yeah. Uh, Owl Boy is, uh, we talked a little bit about it with Chloe last week. It came out, uh, came out on PC at the end of 2016, uh, but now it's on Switch, which to me is like the perfect fit. It yeah. really... It's this gorgeous 2D uh, sort of open world platformer, uh, kind of a like. I know you guys are gonna get mad for saying it, but it's a Metroidvania. Oh, sort what? Of what are deal. those? I know. Uh-huh. I know. Um, but yeah, this was developed by a super small team. It was in development for uh, close to seven years, yeah. and uh, now it's finally kind of starting to make the rounds. It was on. It was a PC exclusive for a while. Now it's on Switch and other platforms. But um, I've played about uh, an hour and a half two hours of this game and it is gorgeous and uh, super cool. Uh, the, the, one of the things that I really love about it, first of all, it feels like a long lost Super Nintendo game. Yeah, It, it reminds yeah. me of like Square's heyday yeah. of 16-bit games. Yeah, okay. uh, and it's really interesting because your protagonist is mute. He doesn't talk, but there's all these other characters that kind of fill in the story for you and you can see, if you're watching the video footage here, you can see that... Uh, one of the main ways that you attack in this game is that you carry your buddy with you. You pick him up with your claws, your towel, owl feet, and then uh, your your friend there shoots his gun to add enemies and stuff. But it's really interesting. It's an interesting take on power ups, right? Like it's right. it's not necessarily like oh hey now you've gained the gun. Like it's it's you carry your buddy around and then he's going on this adventure with you. And uh, it's just like a super sweet, endearing game and uh, really really fun to play. Um, it's got very light puzzle solving. Mm-hmm. From what I can tell so far, mm-hmm. but I'm really digging it. It's it's super cool. It's awesome. Yeah, Chloe really yeah. liked it too. She yeah, yeah, she gave it a nine point three back wow. in the day. Yeah, yeah. back yeah. in the day. I guess in 2016. <laughs> Way back when. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm actually. I just did all this stuff this morning when I was playing uh, through it. If you're watching the video, you can see here the, sort of the the mechanics. And this is the first boss fight in the game. And it's interesting because it's it's kind of got a Metroid feel here too, where you need to complete certain things in order to to fight enemies in different ways, like a kind of a Zelda feel here. You need to knock off the mask and then shoot them with your buddy you know so reminds me a little bit of demons demons crest if you remember those games like the capcom offshoots from mm, okay. and ghosts and i don't remember yeah. uh yeah. yeah like just the you know the art style like the kind of like the style of 16-bit drawings uh-huh. yeah yeah the art is flying. gorgeous like yeah. the depth mm-hmm. of field that you get from just looking at a single screen is yeah. kind of incredible yeah it's really cool i really love that sort of uh uh advanced 16-bit look you know it's like it they're obviously going for a super nintendo style uh pixel art but it's not something that could have been ever done on on you know there's no super nintendo game that looks like that that's cool i just really love the way that 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 looks yeah yeah no i totally agree with you i've i've had it um right like i said i played it last week and Mm -hmm. i've had it for a couple days now and i'm so excited about you played it at the event as well yeah 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. it's just really cool i love the way it controls Uh at first i was a little hesitant about it i was like i don't know how this feels like i gotta carry a guy around it feels almost like a twin stick shooter a little bit yeah but it has like a lock on too uh which is Mm -hmm. helpful yeah so yeah. definitely cool. recommend checking it out. Yeah. Um, I'll get it. Yeah. Once it comes, it's coming out on February 13th, which is next mm-hmm. week. Um, but it for someone you love. Yes. <laughs> oh. um, but another game that I did actually get to play. <laughs> Poor Jonathan, his <laughs> Switch got stolen. Yeah, well, I, I had a code for Owlboy, and then that day, my Switch got stolen. Oh, so, yeah, not not the best timing. that I had oh. that and Dandara all ready to go. 
Uh, and then my Switch got stolen, unfortunately, while I was out at dinner. And just the worst timing of like I had that evening plan to play all those games and it just didn't work so out. So if anybody sees somebody with a Switch with Elboy and, and Dendara on it, it's stolen? Yeah. Or, the, or that person just has really good taste. In yeah, okay. that too. And just an absurd amount of hours in Mario plus Rabbits. Yeah. If you, yeah. That's my Take Switch that. then. Yeah. There's like a hundred Mario plus Rabbits hours. Too that's bad that best. you probably have the boring... Joy-Con I had my it. red and blue. Oh, um, blue. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Sorry. Not the best. So I'm looking forward to playing all these games. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, another game that I did get a chance to check out last week on Switch was Faye. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, I was told by the developer. Faye? No, Fee is what Fee? he told me. Yes. I, I, so I've I heard, heard people have also told Faye. Fee yeah. and Faye. Faye. Really? We, yeah. Around the office, it, it usually Faye. yeah it usually results in a chorus of people going Faye. 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 I mean, I call it Faye. I've been calling it Faye. I, Faye. I'm just going to stick with that. But I did get a chance to put some time in it. And, uh, and what you guys are watching right now is is the it's not my gameplay, but it's the part of the game capture. that I did play. Yeah, why is it this such looks, a This looks crummy. If you're watching the video resolution. version, uh, please note that, that uh, this game doesn't usually look this, this uh, artifact. <laughs> but this is the Switch uh, version. Barrett, this is the Switch do? version. Yeah, the Switch Barrett. version, obviously, the resolution <laughs> is much better um, than what you're seeing. I don't know why it's... Very crappy, but I'll have a link in the description of this uh, video if you are interested in seeing what that gameplay does look like. Because the game is very interesting. Cool. The game is, is totally um, way more than what I had initially expected yeah. it to be. Yeah, it's got all these elements of like uh, the Legend of Zelda and even something like Shadow of the Colossus. Um, all, oh wow! Yeah, like put together, but it's not too much of anything. In what know? in what way is it like Shadow? Is, well, there's actually like Colossus oh, walking around yeah, this game. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's I don't really know that we've seen any of that. Yeah, I thought it was a Zeldavania, so it's, it's yeah, more like a, a Colossus Zelda or what? Col- it's like. Yeah. Colossus Eldavania. It's got that Vania twist in it, too, because there's a little bit of backtracking that you'll do in this game as well. So here, like what you do in the game, essentially, is you play as a fairy in a Mm. forest. Uh, And a fae. Which is fae or fea or German fairy is fae, by the way. Uh, Yeah. But this is not German. No, but in Swedish, it's mm-hmm. fairy as well. There you go. So that's now why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you play as a fairy uh, in a forest, and there's no real combat in the game, but there are enemies. Okay. So you can die. There is death. Um, but a lot of most of your time uh, playing the game, you'll basically be doing a lot of exploring, some stealth mechanics as well. Um, and then also climbing Colossus type things, type animals. I'm not exactly sure what they are. Right. But. Um, you also learn different languages to communicate with the world, which is also another really interesting mechanic that I haven't seen. And it uses the Switch's motion controls. Oh, cool. Oh. Which is cool, okay, yeah. Nice. So, like, you'll meet an animal like a deer, for instance, and then the deer will teach you a language, and you'll have to tune in with that deer using motion controls, <laughs> which feels cool. Because the language is, like, musical. Or right. It's, like, sound-based. It's not, like, language, like, words being used, exactly. right? Yeah, like, I, I got a journey vibe from at least that type of, like, communication is done by sounds, not just words, specific words. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 So That's, and sounds really cool. Yeah, and you learn these different uh, languages to unlock different parts of the game that, or not unlock different parts of the game, but that'll get you to new areas. Yeah, that you need cool. to stuff that's gated off. You need to find right. Like, so there's minor stuff, backtracking yeah. and stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's looks like it's warming up to be a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how big of a game it is, uh, but I'm very curious, and it's running really well on Switch. Sweet. So that's really nice. Cool. Yeah, very good stuff. Check it out. February February 16th. February 16th for that one. That's also Fit. next. From, from Zoink, yeah. right? From Zoink, yeah. Which is now part of... EA it's Originals. Their, well, didn't they combine with Image and Form? 
Oh, yes. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah you're so right. Now they're that like combined company. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So another game that I did get a chance to check out next or last week was Bayonetta 2. I've on heard of Switch. that. Mm. Yes. This is a very interesting game. <laughs> Let's start there. Yeah. Uh, did you play it? Uh, did you play it when it came out before? Or is this first the first time? So I played a little bit of Bayonetta 2 on Wii U, yeah. but it was just uh, over at friends' houses. I never put too much time into the game, but I've always, always wanted to play it. Um, so I did a, a bunch of research about the series. Um, I know a lot about it myself, just from like obviously being a huge Nintendo fan. But um, I also. I'm, I'm a little disappointed with the lack of Switch exclusive features or new features that they're bringing over to the Switch. Because the game is essentially a perfect port of Bayonetta 2 from the Wii U over to Switch. It's locked at 60 frames per second, um, so we're not going to have any uh, slowdowns in frame rate like we had with Bayonetta 2 on Wii U. But the frame rate, or, or I'm sorry, the resolution is still 720p, docked uh-huh. and undocked. Okay. Mm, yeah. yeah. So uh, you're you're going to be watching it in 720p, playing it in 720p. But I will say that on the big, you know, 60 inch HD TV that I was playing it on, it didn't look bad at all. It looked it's, really good. It's buttery smooth. So the one thing about both the Bayonetta games is that they do they do improbably big things on screen at a super smooth frame rate. Yeah. Like right. giant freaking things moving yeah. around on the screen. And it's really impressive to see, even if the resolution takes a bit of a hit. Right. So there's a, also Amiibo support. You're going to be able to use 32 Amiibo a day uh, to unlock costumes. Jesus. Oh, yeah. well, that's for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you're into We'll like, be visiting <laughs> Paris Desk again every day. Grinding halos or something like that, like that's a really great use for that. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's Bayonetta two. It's coming to Switch. Sixty frames per second locked. It feels really, really good. And I'm just, ex- I'm really excited to play this this game all the way through finally for the first time. So, yeah. have you guys played Bayonetta? Yeah, I all? played Bayonetta. I played both Bayonetta games on on Wii U. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I love character action games like this. Platinum mm-hmm. is one of my favorite developers and uh, uh, really, really love Bayonetta 2 especially. I think it's it's super fun and challenging and just it's a crazy game made for insane people because it's mm-hmm. just all this eye-popping like battle and, you know, like parasailing these like giant enemies. The scales. And, yeah. yeah, and you're flipping around and shooting guns and kicking people in the face and it's just nuts. Like it's, yeah, that's an anime-ass game. But, um, <laughs> uh, and I should say, we made the mistake last week uh, talking about the games uh, not being able for purchase uh, together, but you can get them together. Uh, right. If you buy Bayonetta 2, you get a code for Bayonetta 1, vice versa. Right. Um, for 50, right? Right, yeah. yeah. If you yeah. buy the $50 one, yeah. So, uh, not I guess not vice versa, but we were a little confused last week and said that they were only, it was, I think Brian said it was only available as a package deal in Japan, which is not the case. Right, yeah. so it doesn't matter if you buy it digitally or if you buy it um, physically, you should be getting a code. If you buy Bayonetta 2, right. digitally if you buy Bayonetta 2, you get Bayonetta 1 as a code as well. If you like, I mean, if Platinum, I feel like, is like the modern descent of treasure. If you remember yeah, that company, they right. made games like Gunstar Heroes, and yeah. before that, they were the Konami Dream yeah. Team that gave us some of the best Konami side scrollers. And like, they just never cared about whether something would sell. They just create something that interests them. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like uh, these guys are right up that alley. Um, so support Platinum Games if you yeah. uh, if you want to see more of that stuff. Platinum to me has always been the developer that I feel like missed the boat on the Sega Dreamcast. Like all the, <laughs> all the oh, weird yeah. like yeah. batshit games. Oops, sorry. Wonderful one. All the yeah like. All the weird, like, like 
crazy games that they were experimenting with on the Dreamcast in the early 2000s. Like, to an extent, Platinum still makes those kind of games. Like, they're, yep. they're like, a higher resolution, but, like, kind of a similar look and feel, and they're just, like, really weird and out there and mm-hmm. very, very Japanese. So, like, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Dreamcast and a big fan of Platinum. Yep. Um, yeah, so another, or some more games. Let's talk about some games that we're playing this week. What sure. have you guys been playing this week? Have any of you been playing Dendara? Yes. Yeah, I started Dendara. Um, we introduced it short, a little bit last week, but I don't think we showed footage of it. Um, it's <laughs> it's a Metroidvania. <laughs> you know what? I really hate that <laughs> I'm term, get that too. I'm going to get that just tattooed across my chest yeah. in like old English. And by the way, <laughs> if you, just any time yeah. it comes up. If, if you're wondering why it's not Metroid-like or Castlevania-like, it's because those two games were in development at the same time, so nobody can agree on who invented that so formula. There is, but I, but I actually think it's probably wrong because I'm sure there were like computer games that did that sort of progression and exploration before them. There is this sort of hot hotly disputed thing about what makes a metroidvania a metroidvania right like it's is it the way that you move through the levels is it the the sense of like backtracking and finding secrets or like does there have to be some sort of character progression like are you yep. leveling up are you mm-hmm. finding new gear to increase stats that lets you and i think like location. the some culmination of those three sort of pillars are, are what makes a metroidvania i feel like the way that we describe metroidvania a lot on this show in particular is like more the former than the latter in that it's a lot of open areas that you can kind of look and find secrets and they might not necess- there might not necessarily be like RPG stats. But, and, then, mm-hmm. and then you yeah. get a tool and come right. back and progress, right? Yeah. So Metroid, yeah. Shadow Complex, that yeah. ilk, which this game yeah. feels very different. I actually think it, it has those exploration aspects where the game opens up, but it feels a little bit more like a puzzle game. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've played VR games where when you, th- when you walk through 3D space in VR, <laughs> you, you're likely to hurl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what, what companies did more recently is like to let you point at a spot in the ground right. and you know Bethesda does that now with VR and then you warp to it and that doesn't that doesn't get you sick. This game uses that sort of feature where you point at a wall but it's in 2D and then your character jumps there but you have full control over where you shoot while you explore mm. like that. And so it becomes a little bit more puzzly where you like move back and forth between two different um like ceiling and floor or platforms in order to take out an enemy. And uh you know then it has a really interesting art style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As as I hope you you saw in the footage if you watched this. That's right. Yeah, I haven't had an opportunity to to play Dendara yet, but I I was watching some of the gameplay footage that we've posted, you know, and it <laughs> it looks super cool. Yeah. I really love the locomotion through these levels and the way you're kind of ricocheting off of things and and the way that it doesn't you're not seeing it here, but in a lot of the trailers that that are out for this game, you see these environments that look sort of like this but they're also rotating like Mm-hmm. Parts are rotating within a greater rotating oh, room, right. and like it looks, it looks like it would get very challenging and disorienting the later in the game that you get. So I'm I'm really into that. Yeah, Pear hit it right on the head. I think when he said that it feels a lot like a puzzle game because that's exactly Ooh. what it feels like for me. Um, minus, of course, the the combat which you're seeing right now if you're watching the video podcast. Uh, the combat feels okay, but the boss battles are a lot of fun. Okay, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. they have some very interesting mechanics, um, especially once you get to the boss battles. Um, I wasn't expecting that level of like sort of depth and the different stages and all that stuff. Like, I don't want to spoil it too much for for anyone, but you sort of climb some of these bosses in the way that you climb uh, the platforms in the game. So, oh, yep. Shadow Sweet. of the Colossus. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, yeah. I finished the PS4 version. It's so good. Yeah, I have like, oh two, my God. Game I have like two or three Colossi left in the, the remake and uh, that might be the best looking game I've ever seen. Oh, so gorgeous. Yeah. Anyway, like I, I'm, I like it. I don't love it. 
I got to say that. And, right. and oh, that's, that's because, but, but that's more like a, the, I think that's a personal preference thing where I inherently like games where I explore, I walk around, I jump, I explore that way. I'm never that big on these games where I like, I have to tilt the screen or I have to point at things. It's just mm-hmm. a, a personal thing. But like, it, it is a cool puzzle game and like, it looks very uh, simple to get from platform to platform, but the beam that you can point has a, has a range, right? And so, uh, same as your shots. So it gets more complex as to how you solve all these these puzzles and, and take out the enemies. So it's it seems to be a good game. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 I've been playing uh, a little bit of Aegis Defenders. Today. Yeah, me too. You guys been yeah. playing that? Yeah. 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 So I didn't get a chance to play the co-op mode. All your fault. Is exclusive. <laughs> we were going to play it. I know. We just kept on missing each other. Yeah. Yeah. Perry and I yeah. were supposed to play it. But um, yeah, I don't know. We all played it separately, I guess. Um, and so I, I like it. I think it's pretty cool. It's a lot harder than I expected it to be, at least when you play by yourself. By yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I really like the whole idea of combining these, these genres of like a platformer and... Um, a tower defense style game. It just works. It works really well, or at least um, from what I've played of it. It's yeah. It's a little bit like uh, like Lost Vikings in that you have characters that are split up, right? Yeah. Obviously, working together in, in co op mode, mm-hmm. you can do that too. But then uh, yeah, you can uh, you get to these points where you have to defend an area and you have to use your resources that you can mine during the stages to build a defense turret or, yeah. or some you know you, you get more and more contraptions, yeah. and then you have to survive the waves that come in. Right. I, I really love that element. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I've been loving the. T- I'm a huge like tower defense person. When the iPhone first happened, there were like a thousand tower defense games. Sure. I downloaded as many as I could, and this feels just like a really solid blend of like resource management with trying to figure out like the optimal paths that you want to do. Because some of the levels will have platforms during the tower defense se- sessions that will crumble in between waves, and you have to counteract that because you your strategy for one wave may not work in the second wave. And it's it's a nice twist as you're going through to keep up that tension mm-hmm. and not just make it feel like oh I know they're all going to come out of that sort of entryway so i'll just buff there and we'll be fine yeah Yeah. and you know just like a lot of indie games kind of simple presentation you know more kind of leaning on the 16-bit uh uh, style look yeah very colorful though but i'm enjoying this we should say at this point by the way that uh this is published by humble bundle yes and ign and humble bundle are owned by the same company so just for disclosure that doesn't mean that we collaborate on anything we got these the uh the game just like we get any other uh, game from any other publisher and um you know we we don't control what they do and they don't control editorial but we want you guys to know we we do have a cool news story up about it uh which i wrote uh, plug about how Pikmin, Persona, and Overcooked inspired the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the devs talked to us about how like all those I disparate franchises. Yeah, it's such a weird listing of games. Uh, when I just read that, I was like, I really want to play this game now because how does Overcooked fit in uh, like the just, collaboration? There? Yeah, the idea that they wanted people. They realized when they were testing it that people weren't wanting to collaborate as much. So there's a fusion system where the uh, character who's dressed in blue and the character who's dressed in yellow. If you combine your items, it gets you a different item, like a better item. Mm. And so they realized like using this sort of cooperative system encourage people to play with each other more instead of just doing yeah. their own thing in different corners just I, yeah. I mean like when you look at these games uh, visually they all look very similar a lot of these side scrollers look very similar but like just you know Dundar and Aegis Defenders they're so different gameplay wise yeah. So yeah. yeah pretty cool yeah completely um so our pick of the week this week, uh, we've been starting this new thing on NVC where we sort of come together and we all decide what our favorite game was of the week. And I think we all agree that Dragon Quest Builders is probably the most interesting or exciting, our favorite game to come out this week. Yeah, so um, I've played a bunch of this game. I played a bunch of the demo, but I played a whole bunch of the original game when it came out back on like PS4 and okay. PS Vita. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So, Zach, how? What do you think of it? Uh, I know you're a fan. Uh, so it's really funny. Pear was kind of giving me. Uh, he's kind of burned me last week because I, I was as I was describing, it, I was like, "Oh, I'm not really into Minecraft." Um, and I've never been into the Dragon Quest series. He was like, oh, it seems like a real perfect fit for you. <laughs> uh, this game to me is, it's kind of funny that you had mentioned the Square, uh, like late era Square stuff yep. on the SNES because this, the combat stuff in this game just sort of feels to me something like Secret of Mana or, you know, mm-hmm. where it's, a, it's an action RPG, but you have this, this whole other building mechanic, like you're building up a fort, you're building up t- a town and more people come to it as it, as it gets bigger. Um, so it's, like Act Razor a little bit uh, or no? Of, like, yeah, it's it's all yeah. It's a little piece of every game genre in there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really am enjoying my time with it. Like I really love it a lot. The building is really simple. Like one thing that I love that they do is they give you a blueprint for stuff. So uh, early on in the game, especially, it teaches you uh, sort of organically how to how to format your rooms to build you know like build things out outward. Uh, so I really, really dig that, and uh, the combat, for as simple as it is, is surprisingly fun. Like it feels to me like uh, you know I, I made the square the square comparison, but it's it's kind of like this weird hybrid of of Zelda and Minecraft, and I, I just really dig it. Yeah, I'm I'm really into it. Uh, I have a long flight tomorrow. I got about a ten hour flight, and I'm going to sink a bunch of time into flying to Japan. I am. You're going to take the game back home where it came from. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and then I'll show them. I'll say, look. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. Return from whence you came yes. and <laughs> fling my switch into the ocean. Yes. No, <laughs> yeah, no. I'll take that if you're going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Switch. Sorry, bud. <laughs> Uh, so Fun. before we wrap things up, let's just quickly go over some of the new games releasing this week. Uh, so, of course, like we just mentioned, Dragon Quest Builders, that game came out today. Uh, other games that came out, Black Hole, Dandara, Aegis Defenders, The Dark Side Detective, Mercenary Kings Reloaded, which was also originally released on like PS4 and Vita. Okay, yeah, ago, yeah. Right? 2014, I think. Yeah. Um, Disc Jam as well, and Aperion Cyberstorm. So definitely check those out. Disc Jam, I want to say, uh, have you guys ever played Wind Jammers? Yes. 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 Okay. So I played a little bit of Disc Jam this morning because we we just got codes this morning sent Mm -hmm. to us. Um, And it's a lot like Windjammers. Okay. A lot like Windjammers. So Jam's right there in the title. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. If if you don't know what that game is, I highly recommend you look it up. It's a really fun game. So check it out. Um, But yeah, let's jump into question block. Uh, let's take a look. Let's see who... Yeah, so this email comes from us from our email, nvc at ign.com, and it's from Jacob M. from Rogers, Arkansas. Jacob says, Hey, NVC crew, I am a gamer who is short on two things, time and money. I was wanting to get a new game for my Switch to play over yeah. the next couple of weeks and have narrowed it down to two choices, Night in the Woods or Celeste. As a gamer, story is very important to me, and I have heard that both have an incredible story that should be experienced. Both are comparably priced, but I just don't have the time to play both right now. Which game should move to the top of my priority list? So tough. You picked two very, very different games, luckily. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you can probably make that decision without without us if we give you some pointers. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, it feel, I, I love both of those games. For me, the gameplay of Celeste is as important to it as its story, and the, mm-hmm. the themes of the story are built into the gameplay. Whereas Night in the Woods, I love Night in the Woods, but it is a much, it's a much simpler thing to get your hands around as you're playing, and it's less intensive if you just want to experience that story. Uh, obviously, there is the assist mode in Celeste, but I think if, like, for purely a story-based thing, I would say Night in the Woods. Yeah, yeah I, I, 
Go ahead. You, I'm, I'm more of a night in the woods guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I really enjoy Celeste, but it is brutally hard. And like, I don't want to turn on assist mode. And so yeah, I will die same. dozens of times on uh, some of those levels. But it has very clever dialogue woven into the, the side characters, the characters you encounter, whether it's, you know, this owner of this, this I love the strange hotel. hotel oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mr. Oshiro. Yeah. And, um, it, there's a lot of fun to be had in that game, but but think of it more like a like a challenge, like a Super Meat Boy. Whereas Night in the Woods is is this kind of like sweet Wes Anderson style yeah. comedy that you know is also commentary on dying towns and growing up and all that. And it's like there's no challenge to it. It's like it's walking from one character to the next, doing a little quest. But it's all about um, what the characters say, and it's just so brilliantly written. It's amazingly the script is written. phenomenal. Yeah. I I would say that that Celeste is a great game with excellent story elements, mm-hmm. and Night in the Woods is a great story with some game elements, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's walking not, and it's, jumping. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like it's, yeah. it's totally swapped. I think if you're if you're worried about like a time commitment, uh, either, you could go either way because yeah. they're both, I feel like I put about 10 hours in, into both. Yeah, yeah. sure, for the main story. I feel like I kind of got my feel. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm with, I'm with you guys. I think like if you're a story guy, go with Night in the Woods. Yeah. It's not, that's not to say that Celeste's story isn't phenomenal. No. But like if you're looking strictly for like a story experience, then Night in the Woods is the But best. man, you want to meet Greg. Trust me. Greg, yeah, Greg is, is awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah, Greg is the best. Yeah, some, Especially when he gets excited. Oh. Some, <laughs> the, char- the characters are so I, good in there. You know, it's hard for me to jump in on this one because I actually haven't played Night in the Woods yet right. at all. Yeah, but I can speak for Celeste when I say that it is one of my favorite indie games on Switch right now. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those games that you can just jump into right away and pick it up. Like, you don't have to follow the story at all, even though the story is there and it's really good. It's also just a game that you can mindlessly kind of get through. I guess... I wouldn't say mindlessly. Some of those rooms are some of those rooms are real head scratchers. But I guess if you're if you have like a time specific time constraint, Celeste would be really good for that too because it's mm-hmm. such an easy game to pick up and like solve one board or right. two. You know, my boards. I call them my yep. yeah, but you know, thanks, Grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, my boards. Uh, All right, well. That's our show this week. Thank you guys very much for watching and listening. We are a weekly show on IGN.com, but you can also find us on YouTube and your any of your favorite podcasting listening services. Uh, so definitely make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube or the podcast stuff if you aren't already. So, Pear, where can people find you at? Uh, on planet Earth and on Twitter at Pear IGN. And Jonathan? You can find me on MySpace, always. <laughs> uh, no, on Twitter, at JM what's Dornbush. Your, what's your song on MySpace Oh, right it's now? the Dashboard Confessional. Okay. Always and forever. Hands yeah, hands <laughs> down. Uh, I'm uh, at Zachary D on Twitter, and you can find me at the IGN office in San Francisco most days. Or in Tokyo. Or in for Tokyo the for the next week? 10 days, yeah. Oh, yeah. Such, I'm so jealous. <laughs> That's where I'll be. Cool. And my name is Philip Mewson. You can find me on Twitter at Philip Mewson. Thank you guys for watching once again, and we'll see you again next week.